Wow, so welcoming. None of that is true. No. <laughs> uh, look, thank you so much, uh, Church, just for, for having us here as a family. And um, as Josh said, it's just amazing, I guess, how God weaves things together. And uh, I look around the room and um, I grew up in the area here in Noosa. And uh, there's just so many, looking around the room, there's so many statesmen and stateswomen and pillars of the Noosa community. Uh, in this room and uh, that's phenomenal and I just want to take a moment to, to thank everyone because uh, I was one of those snotty nosed kids that uh, just wanted to just wanted to surf and eat Milo and there's some people in the room that I did used to eat their Milo often and uh, John and Val Fuller used to eat their food at uh, Chrissy's Connect Group and uh, Bev Tunley, I went to school with her kids uh, Marlene, Marlene and Rod, I spent some years with them and uh, so it's, it's just amazing, it's quite surreal to be uh, back in an environment that just was so helpful to me in my formative years, uh, just building God and the reality of God into a young person's life and uh, in a great way. Um, not a, I didn't do, do that under duress, but it was fun. We had some great people that were part of the church uh, back when there was a little Queenslander and then church used to be in the office thing and then it built back here and... And it was just phenomenal to see a legacy and look around the room and see so many people that are still alive in God. <laughs> who just cheer and support the preacher and just back the word of God amazingly. Uh, no, but look, it's been phenomenal. And uh, yes, we uh, spent a bunch of years away, uh, predominantly on the Gold Coast, and then moved back up. Uh, God banished us beyond Karoi. There is land beyond Karoi in the Mary Valley, so we're out there. Uh, farming children and uh, whatever else we can, <laughs> the ground will grow out there. And, uh, and it's just been a huge blessing um, just coming uh, alongside and just uh, into the church here. And I want to give full honour to Ben and Min. Uh, having a look into the youth ministry and my response to Josh is, man, it's just so healthy. You know what I mean? And uh, let's honestly, I know you're going to clap next week, but seriously, Ben and Min have just, they are phenomenal leaders. <laughs> And um, thank you. It's really hard because everyone loves them, you know what I mean? So uh, no, that's a good thing. Hey, uh, I've got uh, a few thoughts I'd love to share with you today. Um, I, do, I do bring my Bible. Um, I'm going to call this one the art of spiritual maturity. This makes me sound deep, doesn't it, Josh? Yeah. And... Um, yeah, Josh and Kristen, it's, this is just really surreal for me. Uh, sorry, this is, I'm used to being a little teenage kid with still salt water in my hair. So this is in this environment. The art of spiritual maturity. We better pray, otherwise I'm going to get off track. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, you have done so much in each of our lives already. And God, we are just so grateful for that. Father, I thank you as iron sharpens iron, each one of us as friends and colleagues and co-laborers in Christ, we can uh, work together and support and enjoy each other, Lord, in this journey in celebrating you. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you are. And today, afresh, we just say you are our Lord, you are our God, and we are thankful and grateful uh, for all that you are and all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, If you've got Bibles, you can open them to Philippians chapter 3. 
I call this the art of spiritual maturity, just so you think I'm deep. If you don't like that title, you can call it waste management. Philippians 3, and if we can get that on the screen, it starts with this. Philippians 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day, the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. We can have a little walk through that scripture. If we can go back to the top of that, verse 1. It starts with this, and uh, to me, this is a, a massive foundation and important pillar of my life. It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. I love the cheesy little scriptures. I love them. We gloss over them. Most people think they're cute and they're just for kids' church, you know. Rejoice in the Lord. But when we actually drill through that and actually apply it to our life, it's so powerful. It's vernacular that we don't usually use today anymore. I don't usually use the word rejoice, unless I'm in church. I don't say, hey, I just bought a tray of mangoes. Josh, would you like to rejoice with me in a mango? <laughs> I'm going to rejoice this Saturday on a day off. The waves are amazing. No, we don't talk like that. But it means that. And rejoicing in the Lord. When we say it like that, it doesn't mean much. But when you say, have fun and enjoy God. Just be absolutely stoked with him. And it's amazing how often Paul says that. In the next chapter, in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Have fun in him always. Celebrate him always. Have an absolute blast in God. Always. Why do we need that reminder? Because life gets hard. 
You see, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy, there's something powerful about joy. We go, oh, the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. Peace, it's in there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, all, it's, all, it's almost at the front. You see, anyone can serve God and hate it. <laughs> That's not hard. <laughs> you met those kind of people? I used to be amazing and rich and famous, and, and then I met the Lord. Oh, I lost everything. You know. Fantastic. What a testimony. Anyone can serve God and hate it. Life gets hard. Stay in church long enough. You're going to bump, bump into someone. You're going to cop some bruises and some misunderstandings, or you're not going to get it right. Or, you know what I mean? That's easy. It's easy to serve God and hate it. It's easy to serve God and be depressed about it. But the challenge is actually to continue serving him and love it. Not that it's easy, but to choose to celebrate him again. The fact that you're still here today in church celebrating him is a phenomenal thing. It gives rocket fuel to your faith. So let's not gloss over that. To rejoice in the Lord. And he says... For me to write the same thing to you is not tedious, but for you it's safe. It's actually safe to keep rejoicing in the Lord. It's actually safe to keep playing the worship music in the car on the way to work. It's a safeguard. It's safe to keep coming to church. We start the service with celebration. It'll keep you on track. And if you don't, if you don't think it's important, then try life without it and see how quickly it just becomes dry and brittle. And we start finding brilliant excuses for why God is our problem. He's not our problem. You remind yourself to start celebrating him again. And it's amazing the power that comes forth out of that. We continue on. Then, then Paul starts talking about how, on the surface of things, how if you're going to celebrate what you did right, he's got more to celebrate than anyone else. You know what I mean? Uh, I love the word that Robin brought about surrendering everything to God. I'm going to be talking about the exact same thing. Not just the bad stuff. You see, some of us can give our bad stuff to God, but we want to hold on to the good stuff. You see, we, we think, oh God, you can take our brokenness. But my victory, you know, I did something really well, God. This is my trophy. It's fantastic. And Paul's not saying that. We see in this that he's actually saying, treat everything as loss. See, we like to say, oh, you can have my rubbish. But, you know, I was a legend back 15 years ago and I did this thing. And he's like, mate, that's rubbish too. (laughs) It wasn't that good. See, what's actually holding some of us back is not the bad stuff. It's your good stuff that you think is still good and it's rotten. See, often in life, you know, and, and in, in Christendom, Christianity, with a C-H, not a K, we all talk about fruit and fruit is phenomenal. Let's watch the fruit, look at the fruit, judge by the fruit. But you know what happens to fruit? It rots. It gets putrid and full of bacteria. See, every, it, it's got a shelf life. When we're called to produce fruit, we're not called to preserve it. A tree's not called to hold on to it all and fight off all the crows and everything else. It's just called to keep producing. Just keep producing. 
Just keep drawing on the nutrients and keep producing. Oh, but what happens if a storm comes and blows some of your avocados off? Does the tree have to whinge? Or say, hey, everyone. What happens if, uh, if some kid... I grew up next to a peach farm up in Timbiwa. And I can guarantee you that farmer didn't sell all of his peaches. <laughs> if he got super upset about losing a peach here or there, got his eyes off the mission of actually growing peaches, he'd get in trouble. He's just got to keep producing them. And you, as a believer, as a child of God, your job is to keep producing fruit, not, not gla- spray gloss over it to use it as a trophy to remind everyone how good you are. You see, Paul says in this, in this scripture, he's saying, I'm counting things as loss. See, whether they were or not, whether something was lost to you, you might have said, man, I, I got ripped off. Or someone totally, or a relationship, they totally just took everything I had. Or someone else might say, I did a really, I had a really good thing going, but no one gave me credit. Yeah. And Paul says, don't worry. If you're trying to work out who's right and wrong, you're going to get messy. There's going to get bacteria in that thing and it's going to start rotting, even if it was something fantastic. No matter how good that mango was a month ago, you don't want any part of that now. (laughs) Trust me. See, nature works this out for us. And this is the art of life and spiritual maturity, Paul says. He says later on in that passage, and we'll get there, sorry, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. So we need to treat, we need to count things as loss for the knowledge of Christ. See, otherwise we hold on to trinkets, but we miss Christ. It's like having kids or a friendship. You know, you can hold on to the picture that your, your child drew when they were five. And you're like, that's so important to me. It means nothing to anyone else, but it's important to me. But not versus spending a day with them. You know what I mean? Or if you've had a loved one that's passed or that, that lives in another country, you'd give all your trinkets for actually time with them again even though the the trinkets are valuable they have meaning the photo of them has meaning but you'd throw them all away to spend another week with them and that's what paul said everything is i treat as lost for the knowledge of christ and in our spiritual walk we need to actually i think some of us need to let go of some of the good stuff it's actually holding you back see every every success and every failure has a limited time frame Fruit has a limited time frame. Some of you are phenomenal people, but you're boring people. You're boring your mates. They don't want to hang out with you because your, your stories are, are, are too old. <laughs> They're rotting. They're like, you start, you chime in again. Oh, you know, that, that was so hard. I remember 20, I, I was there 20 years ago. I was here 20 years ago. So, you know what I mean? I'm part of this. Oh, it was fantastic. And they're like, dude. I don't know how to say this, but you told me that story 25 times. And like, it was good. But get some new stories. Get some new glories in God. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, that's fantastic. But <laughs> that avocado is overripe, okay? Like, we need to go to the shop and buy some new ones. And God is here today. And that's why he says, he starts, he says, finally, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice now. Every meal, I, I, I try to live, and this is why I call this spiritual maturity, because otherwise I didn't want you to think this was like a youthy message because I'm talking about things rotting, because it's actually about spiritual maturity, is the art of what to treat as loss, what to let go, and what to reach out for. 
That's spiritual maturity. Every meal, no matter how beautiful it is, I have counted as loss. It's deep, isn't it? No matter how... See, some meals you might have been like, Ugh, and your body knows to repel that, cast that out, and, and treat it as loss. But do you know what? Every meal, I don't care how organic, how free-range, or how terrible, I've counted it as loss. Every, I don't, if I try to hold on to that meal too long, I'm going to get sick. I can say, man, Josh and I, we had this fantastic coffee and this breakfast. It was three months ago, and it was, we had such a rich time spiritually. So I kept the remains. And I have a little bit of that egg every day. It's going to kill me. The same life-giving experience is now going to kill me. Nothing has changed. And sometimes we like to try and deem something evil or good, right or wrong. It takes us straight back into the garden. The knowledge, what's right, what's wrong. He's like, no, 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 don't think about what's right and wrong. What's life? It's life or death. It's not right or wrong. Some of us are trying to delineate who was right or who was wrong. Or I thought I was right, Lord, in that situation, but then it all went pear-shaped for me and belly up and there was explosions that happened and I was only trying to do the right thing and then I think this other person was wrong and yet they, their life seems to be going okay and you're, you're wanting to reconcile all this justice and it's full of death. You'll never get, you'll never get that reconciled. There's no point. It doesn't matter how good that, that meal was last Christmas. It's full of death. I can trust, you can trust me. And some of us, it's time to actually say, Lord, I've had some victories in God. Like I've got, I felt like we've done our best in things. Some things went well. But God, I'm handing that over to you as well. That's, that's, that's not going to be my story anymore. I, I want to see some, you move fresh again in my life. I'm ready to step out in faith again today. Not that things were bad. They were phenomenal. That meal was phenomenal. The revelation you had in a scripture, was phenomenal. Open your Bible up and eat it again today. It's got more, more nourishment in it. It's got more nutrients. Our fruit, the glory, that it, the nutrients that it's attached to that fruit can still have a limited time frame. Part of this is, and that's why I called the subtitle of this, if, we, if you're taking notes, it's the art of spiritual maturity, waste management. Waste management. Some of us... You're eating good things, but you're not as good at clearing the trash. Who loves bin day here? You like it if you're prepared. If you've taken the bin out the day before, and you wake up bin day morning and you hear that thing grinding down the street, you're just like, yes, it's removing rubbish from my life. If you're not prepared and you wake up bin day, and you hear that truck running down the street, immediately, somehow, you just know, oh dear, I didn't take it out. And your house is full of rubbish for another week and the flies are coming and all that kind of stuff. Or is that just me? (laughs) There's something really freeing about getting rid of things in our life. And we've, we've treated some things as rubbish. But Paul actually says, I treat them all like rubbish. If we can go back to uh, the scriptures, if we go to verse 7. So Paul had said, look, if you want to go toe-to-toe on, a, on achievement or accomplishment or lineage, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll win on that one. But, I, but he, he, all that, he says in verse 7, what things were gained to me, these I have counted, counted loss for Christ, yet indeed I count all things loss 
for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I, and not only have I suffered the loss, but I also count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Waste management. You know, one of the richest people in the world, uh, sorry, not in the world, in Australia, 2013 BRW richest 100 people in Australia list. I think it was number 29. was a, was JJ Richards. JJ Richards. With hundreds of millions of dollars. Because he just started taking other people's trash and got so good at it. And not everyone's good at removing waste. Because most people can't deal with their own, let alone other people's. And he, he said, you know what, if I can get better at this than anyone else, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, I think they employ over a couple of thousand people now. And he started in Mwilumbar, started taking someone else's trash. He got better than anyone else. He's like the Apostle Paul of today. He's got better at treating things as loss, better than any of us. Even in the Lord's Prayer, we see hints of this when it says, Lord, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. As we for- as Forgive us, Lord, whatever went wrong in that thing, whatever is not pleasing to you, even if it was pleasing, and now it's not. And oh, our, oh, our, 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 our uh, spiritual discipline... How good have we been over the 20 years? Paul's like, no, 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 I'll get you better than that. I'm better than you on that, and I still treat that as loss. You want to see who's got better calluses on their knees? I'll, I'll have bigger ones, and it's still rubbish compared to waking up and knowing God today. That I may know him, verse 10, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. And it's fine, but the italics is sometimes when the translators kind of put words in to just make it sound a bit more, they're kind of freestyling, they're putting in to make it, you know, uh, sound better. Uh, but those words aren't actually in there. So it actually, it actually reads that it's, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, the one thing I've done, the one thing I can do is let go of what's gone and press on and reach towards what's before. The one thing. Is that our one thing? In your marriage. In your life. Yeah, but I've, I've still got some guilt that I need to dump on my spouse or they've, they've, you know, they've disappointed me the last five years. No, 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 no. There's death in that. Even if you're right. Blokes. Because we're always right. Yeah? No, 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 no. The one thing. Let go of what's behind and press on. What do we got today? What are we eating today? Is it fresh today? Honey, you're fantastic today. Oh, my goodness. You're amazing. We've got a great life today. This is the day the Lord has made. And I will 
rejoice and be glad in it. I'll celebrate God today and get excited about him today. That's all I got. This is spiritual maturity. Paul finishes in verse 15. So he's saying, the one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature or perfected, complete, let's, as many as of, our, of us are mature, let's have this mind. He's saying, if you want to be mature, you're going to think this way. Maturity is letting go of the things that are gone, reaching out towards the things that are ahead for the knowledge of Christ, to know him today. I don't, did you know him five years ago? Yeah, great. It's, it's putrefying. We know people like that, that the explosions of life have, have jolted them off track. I'm not saying they're bad people or it was even their fault. It might have been totally not their fault. We might have hurt them. There might have been, a, 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 you know, it happens in life. An explosion happens and they're caught in the shrapnel of it, and they're limping, and they don't even know how to get healed from that. They're still, they're still bitter, they're still limping, they're still hurt, they're still bruising, but the only sane thing is to get up and to do the best that you can today with what you've got today. And he says, if you're mature, you'll think this way. We can all start pressing towards that maturity in Christ being better at waste management. It doesn't matter how good you If you say, hey, come to my beach house at Sun, Sunshine Beach, it overlooks the whole beach, it's fantastic, it's worth millions of bucks, and, uh, and, I'm, I, and I turn up, he's like, we're going to have a great meal, and it's full of trash. Like, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if this is sanitary. I don't even know if I want to eat here. But it's worth millions of bucks, mate. I'm a big deal. It's kind of rubbish. Are our lives like that in a way? It's all the thing, the minimalist thing. You know, sometimes the best thing we can do is a fantastic car under that layer of dust in your car. You know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a freshness in life that we can get. And it doesn't just come from youth. It actually comes from pressing in and drilling into that well of joy in your relationship with God. I think we've, um, we've misinterpreted how this ends. This does not end well. No matter how good, something, no matter how good a chicken's life is, I don't care if he's, he's got hundreds of acres to roam around and be uh, organic and free-range, uh, it's still going to end badly for him or her. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not going to uh, short-circuit the, the process. And us in life, we tend to think that life is going to finish in this glory moment where all of our enemies are going to say that you were right and we were wrong and they're going to gnash their teeth in sackcloth and ashes and, and, then they're going to, um, and then all the thousands of people are going to just celebrate us at the end of life. Somehow, there's these thoughts where, where justice will happen and everyone will tell us that we were right and they were wrong or something like that. You know what I mean? When you get hurt in life, it's very hard to recover from getting hurt. And yet it's... We need to change that, that expectation. It, life does not end well. It might, end, it might finish quicker, you know what I mean? Like, but it doesn't end well. The Apostle Paul, if we can go to Acts 28, this is uh, the Apostle Paul, Jesus' life didn't end well. It ended to God's glory. It ended to the salvation of mankind, but it wasn't pretty. 
and Paul's life too. It didn't end in glory. In the, in the very end of the, the book of Acts after he has slain giants, you know what I mean? He has gone out there and started churches and cop persecution and all this. The very two last scriptures of the book of Acts where he's been bumped around all over the place and, and in chains and all that kind of stuff. This is, this is Paul's glory moment at the end of his life. The Apostle Paul, he's cre- you know, created so much in the, the, the early church ministry and this is how he finishes life. Acts 28 verse 30 says, Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. So Paul, world famous for us. He finished his life the last couple of years that we know of in the book of Acts. And I, they believe he was under house arrest. But he's there just, just in a rented place. But finally, he just was able to share things about the kingdom of God with people without getting shredded for it, you know, without absolutely under massive persecution. And this is, the, this is his final, final glory. He just got to live a peaceable, quiet life and talked about the things of God and his kingdom. If, what a fantastic end. If we're disappointed with that end, we've got wrong expectations. At the end of our life, we, want it, we should be excited about knowing Christ still. Things will burn, things will rot, cars will come. The thing that you reached out for is a goal at one point. That car, 10 years ago, you thought, oh, that's the goal. I'm going to be so much cooler with that car. Now you want to treat as loss and you want to get something new. You know what I mean? That's the, the nature of life. What you, you, you pined for that wonderful breakfast yesterday, but now you want to treat that as loss and now you're looking for what's next. That is the art of life, but you need to treat everything loss to maintain and keep the knowledge of Christ and your relationship with him. Okay, and for all of us, however, inexperienced or, or experienced, the encouragement to us today, I want to encourage you. What you think was good, you are, there's so much better ahead for you. You're actually better than that. There's some great victories ahead. There's some great glories. Some great relationships. Got, there's some amazing uh, faith ahead for you. There's some amazing things, adventures in God ahead. And we need to reach out for them. And we need to be better at letting go of some of our disappointments about how things didn't work out the way we thought they would. If I can get the team to come up, please. And I want to finish with one final scripture that I've mentioned earlier. Some of you are phenomenal people. You've been eating organic food for for decades. you've, You've been... Uh, imbibing, you've been taking in, receiving from God and feeding on his word and worshipping him and enjoying his presence for decades and continue to do that. That's great. But you maybe have been wondering, why haven't, uh, result, why haven't things popped forward for me so much? Well, maybe it's not about eating more organic breakfast. You know, maybe, it's, you, you, maybe you're putting good things into your life, but maybe you just haven't been purging out enough. And then you thought, oh, I I ditched some of those obvious sins that I used to do and I'm feeling like I'm doing things pretty well. Maybe just ditch some of those old expectations, the unmet expectations that are still weighing you down. And just live freely today in Christ. I'd love us to finish on 
Psalm 118, verse 24. And I'd love us all to, if, you, if we could all stand. I think it'd only be right with a, a sermon like that that we do finish and we go out singing today and celebrating God in all his goodness. Psalm 118, verse 24 says this. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. If that is all we do today, we are on our road to spiritual maturity. If that's all we do, we are taking a step towards the future that God has for us. Phenomenal things have been. Phenomenal things are. You're putting great things in. But but don't hold on to anything. Father God, I thank you. Lord God, you are You are all we need. But God, I thank you that by your spirit, Lord, you have a future for each person here with fresh fruit, (laughs) with fresh meals, with fresh adventures. And Lord, some of the things that have happened, some of the disappointments, some of the batterings in life, Lord, that we thought were such a hindrance, Lord God, we thank you that they're some of the greatest setups of our life that are ahead. Father, I thank you for dear hearts that are in this building today that, Lord, have been hurting through just sometimes just the sheer grind of life and how long things take. And God, I thank you that by your spirit, Lord, this morning, that they can walk free from that weight, free from their heavy burdens of old, old expectations or unmet things, Lord God, and know that they're loved today, know that not just by God but by the people around them, that it is a day that the Lord has made. They are beautiful in his eyes. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice Jesus made. Lord, that by his his, uh, his, his shed blood, his broken body, Lord, that we can walk in fullness of life. Nothing can hold us back, not sin, not death, not even victory, not even accomplishment or success can hold us back, Father God, from the great knowledge that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, it is a day to celebrate, and we're grateful for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, look, it's, uh, it's such an honour to be with you, and uh, we're going to have some good fun times ahead. Uh, Josh and Kristen are phenomenal pastors, and, uh, and so are you. You're fantastic. And uh, I think we're going to head out into the greatest day of our life. That's an order. And we're going to go out singing this morning, celebrating God. Enjoy. Sound good? All right. Thanks, team. You go for it. Thank you.